Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of uh, ugh, Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. My name's Travis Bean, and sorry, I, I hate to start the show on such a weird note, but I feel kind of weird today. Uh, Travis, are you okay? What's, why? What's I don't know. On? It's been a weird 24 hours. I've been thinking a lot about the Joker movie. I was excited to talk about Joker, and now I just, I don't know how to feel. I, I don't know if we're going to talk about Joker. Well, now we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, like that's nice. You know, if it makes you feel better, I, I think there's something I can do. Oh, tell me. <laughs> well, now it's gonna sound weird. Put but... a smile on my face. Oh, I can uh, put lay lay my hands on you. Is that how it goes? <laughs> hands on. Why does that sound familiar? Oh yeah, we're talking about that song today, aren't we? What are you been hearing from the Christians? They'd be the first one to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loved me. They'd be the first one to judge me. Yeah, the... Mm. I've been looking forward to this episode for months now. And <laughs> over the last 24 hours of prep and in the bombshell you dropped today, I uh, am confused on how I feel. <laughs> It has been strange. Um, we are, of course, really excited to talk about Hands On. It's an incredible song from Jesus is King. It's, it's layered. It's dramatic. It, it, the production's like insane. It, it doesn't sound like any other Kanye song. Like I was so excited to talk about it, and I was really excited to talk about Joker because up until about a few hours ago, <laughs> we thought the song <laughs> sampled a song from Joker. And we had been talking about how, you know, that plays into the narrative of the album and what inspiration Connie would possibly draw from the Joker movie. But we have found out in the last couple hours that that might not be true. Right. We tried reaching out to people. Like I asked Aunt Clemens, hadn't heard anything, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous, but I actually got to interview him a couple months back. So <laughs> there's a little bit more of a, a connection there than me just being like, Aunt's. <laughs> hey, uh, but it has been months and I'm still writing the article, so he might not respond. Also reached out to another producer uh, on it, Frederico Vinver, and also Hilder herself uh, to see, but didn't get an answer for anybody. Ari Kanye didn't really have anything, and Twitter uh, also wasn't sure either way. Some speculated that maybe you saw the movie ahead of time. It did come out at Venice in August and maybe had a few other screenings that Kanye could have potentially uh, been at and known the context of the movie ahead of time. But regardless, it just means that it's hard to say that he was taking in the context of the Joker movie uh, mm -hmm. and applying it to the song. You could make the argument that he knew to associate the song with the Joker right. character 
and there's something to the idea of even in other portrayals of the Joker, he's often going against society and against the institutions of society and represents kind of this outcast figure. And we do have the famous Heath Ledger Joker and know that Kanye uh, likes the Dark Knights, I do believe. So I still think you'd maybe be able to make some kind of argument about that, but a little less clear for us at the moment. I mean, regardless, the production on it is amazing. Like sonically, it's just such a an intense song. Like again, I've I've never heard our kind of song sound like this. Like it's just so kind of brooding and almost like it kind of has a scary tone to it. It it, it really matches the song because you you really feel that in the song, Kanye feels a bit outcast and like he doesn't belong in the Christian community and beyond the Christian community. Like he's getting. Uh, hate from all sides, including God. Like God is kind of punishing him for the way he lived or, or chastising him for the way he had lived his life for a long time. So in that sense, like the production of the song really fits the mood. Yeah, that just aching solo uh, violin string. Yeah. Like, uh, awesome. I, um, I like your impression of it more. I got to be honest. Kanye <laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, <laughs> should just hire you to do all the instrumentation from now on. I can do a pretty good guitar solo. Let's hear your uh, Kenny G sax solo. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I don't normally get embarrassed to do things, but suddenly the idea of doing that. I'm still a little shell-shocked from last week's episode when I tried to do the alarm sound. <laughs> to be honest, I'm glad you did not try to do the Kenny G solo. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> Hey, there we go. Nope. I like that. Uh, getting there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, you know, I was talking on Twitter recently about minimalism, and it is interesting that you still see people talk a lot about 808s and Yeezus as minimal. And when I go back and listen to those albums, they don't necessarily feel minimal to me at this point. <laughs> I mean, some songs like Say You Will, for sure, or On Sight feels like more stripped down in some ways than uh, some other songs, but also has so much going on still. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really think about minimal Kanye, like truly minimal Kanye until Ye, Kid See Ghost, and even Jesus is King. And I feel like this song is one of the most minimal things that Kanye has has really ever done. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, compared to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is so bombastic, he just may not seem very minimal. I, I think a lot of the times that term is used with Jesus because there's so much space in the songs, you know? Like, even On Sight, which is a very aggressive song and doesn't seem to fit the mold of minimalism, like, on the surface, like there's just so much space in it. It's almost like sounds are bouncing around. It's, it's not this full sound that you get from like all of the lights, you know? Um, but I, I know what you mean. And I think, I think you're right. Like Canton is very minimal in, in the way that this entire album is very minimal. Like the idea that it ends with just Kenny G's sax solo and uses gospel. Like it, it's just a clean recording of that. And like, it's just this one moment that signals so much like, that's the power of Kanye at this point and how good he's gotten at minimalism that, you know, 
the narrative of the album, like all, everything that's been brewing up to that sax solo is what gives the solo power. He doesn't need to add like synths and noise and production to it. Like it just exists as that. And because he's been so disciplined and minimalist this entire album, like, like in songs like hands on, like it gives it all this power. Right. Yeah. There's something nice in the contrast between God is uh, hands on and use this gospel because coming out of everything we need and water where you have the pivot on the album where Kanye goes from being more natural or human in his uh, attempts at being Christian or religious in his day-to-day life to finally having a more spiritual breakthrough Mm -hmm. and trusting in God to provide everything that we need and having like the concept of water and how that fuels him and gives him the space and joy to just praise on God is and really that energy of God is going into hands-on it's such a different tone Mm -hmm. that would almost seem contradictory to the positive upswing of energy that we get but I think the the point that we'll make looking at this song in comparison to the earlier part is that even if this is tone-wise way more grim or a downturn there's still something very renewed about how Kanye's dealing with this criticism and his mindset overall that is a stark contrast still to the behavior we saw on follow god Sella closed on sunday on god to where he's trying to have a conversation and be more christian in response to the backlash that he's getting yeah yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head last episode when um, we, we've been kind of trying to assign like a narrative to uh, the story that's being told on Jesus is Caden. We've really latched on to the idea that it's a chiasm, which is like as opposed to a typical uh, story you'd find in like Western literature, Western film that has like a beginning, middle and end, follows the hero's journey, goes ABC, blah, blah, blah. Like a chiasm kind of has an A, B, a structure kind of like it, it, it looks like a hill like it, it has a mirrored structure where like the first half kind of reflects the second half and you have this middle point that would be everything we need um but it, i really liked what you said last episode and that it, if we're looking at first corinthians and uh, which is a, a book in the bible that was referenced very early on in the album and this idea of ascending into heaven and that you start in your mortal physical body and then you ascend to a spiritual body when you go to heaven i really think that is kind of the mirrored structure you're seeing here kanye channeling that his spirit that will ultimately decide whether or not you know he ascends to heaven and that's the second half is like kanye in that mindset now like he's moved past all of the physical material things on earth that get in his head and make him act the way he acts and is more focused on himself and his spirit and himself just as a Christian in the world and like affecting the world. And so even though the song like kind of does have that downer energy, like ultimately Kanye is ascending in this part. He, he, he may not feel like he fits in of the Christian world as we'll see in the song of the lyrics, but he also knows what's right. He knows his relationship with God. He knows he's doing the right thing. So in that sense, like there's a positive energy to the song. Absolutely. And just, it's a positive way of dealing with that kind of criticism as opposed to maybe how 
he would have dealt with it in the past. In the past, as in the first five songs on the album. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just finding a more productive way of going about it. Yeah, instead of wrestling God. And, I mean, there's stories like this in the Bible as well. I mean, we've seen Kanye reference the story of Paul, the story of Nebuchadnezzar. As we've been reading through, there's countless times where you just see people that were either non-believers or halfway believers or that were problematic in some aspect of their life having an encounter with God that then puts them on a path that's without um, doubt and the improvements that they feel and the blessings that they receive in the aftermath of that. It doesn't mean that it's without trial, right? Um, Right. Because Paul really had a lot of trial, but there's just more certainty in the speaker or in the character after they have this encounter. Totally, yeah. Well, let's get to that certainty. So, starting off, we should reference that uh, the refrain up top comes from Fred Hammond, and Fred Hammond actually did a interview with Rolling Stone a few days after uh, Jesus is King came out, and the title by Elias Light was Fred Hammond knew he would face backlash for working with Kanye West. <laughs> he just didn't care. And <laughs> love it. Right. Um, Fred Hammond in the middle of the interview says, he hit me over the summer saying, I'm going to the studio. I'd like to write something with you. I said, here's a song that I think you should add. I did send him a beat. He's a beat maker already. We got on the phone and started talking. If nothing else, I knew a lot of the Christian world would not embrace him. I did something for Snoop on his last record, and I got a lot of flack for it. He got a lot of flack, too. Religious people are very territorial, so I knew Kanye would have a hard time. The interviewer asked, why is that backlash prevalent in gospel? And Fred said, I come from the golden age of gospel in the 70s and 80s. You're not supposed to mingle with what the church calls people in the world. If they don't sing gospel exclusively, then you are trying to cross over. You're a hypocrite. God don't love you no more. I care about Kanye staying on and having enough hope to make it through the change that he wants. I know he's strong right now, but the thing that will beat you down the most is when the people who you think should embrace you, they reject you. Mm. So I said, you got to block that out. The way to block that out is tell them your point, but tell them in a humble way. Don't rear up. That stuff will die down as they see you stay. He said, okay, cool. What are you thinking? So I gave him a couple scriptures. I told him about the scriptures that said when Jesus was talking to the church, he said, if y'all don't praise me, the very rocks will cry out and praise me. We think that's a mountain or a big old thing, a rock or a stone. It could be. Or it could be people whose lives were stony, cold, hard, people who you would never think would give God any look. He said, I'll touch them, make them praise me. So I'm looking at Kanye and saying it's possible that you're one of those rocks. But don't be hard against anybody. They're going to doubt you. Just don't be hard against them. He said that sounds great. He said he had a vibe and he sent me that. That's the part you hear. Sings and he sings to the interviewer, hands on, hands up. That's all he had and some music that went after. So I wrote the verse that I sang. I deserve all the criticism you got. Yeah. Uh, Pretty interesting stuff. Like, just, I mean, A, just watching Kanye kind of have the back and forth of somebody. Like, he knows he wants Fred Hammond in the song. 
but doesn't know exactly what he wants from from Fred Hammond yet, you know. And this is what I love about Connie, like the back and forth he has of people and how collaborative he is. And he really finds, you know, the connection with somebody and that comes out in what you hear and hands on. That's amazing. Yeah, right. They're able to have a discussion that keeps with Kanye's vision, but also broadens it and adds layers to it or context to it that Kanye himself may not have had. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing I think came out of that conversation is Fred Hammond gave him the lyrics, you know, and then Kanye said, like, it's too apologetic, which I think is interesting because, as you know, Kanye says, pray for me eventually in the song, but it, it's so much more than that. Like, he wants to be part of the Christian community, but at the same time, he wants to hold the Christian community accountable. And that's the strange mix that comes to the song and is really, I think, infused into that phrase, hands-on, that Fred Hammett brings. Like, what exactly does hands-on mean? I mean, we'll be talking about it, I guess, but it's, I just think that's really cool. It is. It is. Yeah, that idea of, like, okay, I want to apologize and, like, meet you halfway, but I don't want to be too apologetic. Mm. Yeah. I got to stand ground, which... Yeah, so hands-on, the term in the Bible comes up a lot. Oh, my God, so much. <laughs> uh, Bible Gateway has it listed 46 times, and that's just, like, the strict hands-on words. Starting in Genesis, <laughs> come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. <laughs> yeah, So that's the interesting tension with the word is, like, don't put your hands on somebody in that sense. It kind of has a negative, like combative nature, but also hands-on is like you put your hands on somebody to help them, to heal them in a time of need. Yeah. Right. There's both like the, the violent and the healing or helpful aspects to it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, I mean, a lot in Exodus and Leviticus, it's just like laying your hands on rams or yeah. bulls there's like this, or that, livestock i don't what book is that where they there's like six in a, six lines in a row where they put their hands on rams and i was like what the fuck is happening here <laughs> uh, it's either exodus or leviticus I, I was interested in that yeah um but really once you get to the new testament you start getting into a lot of uh the jesus aspect of laying your hands on somebody and healing the sick and um, raising helping the dead. people. Raising the dead. So, as my new puppy runs up to me. <laughs> oh, Archer? Yes, Archer. Mm. This would be his podcast debut. Hey, yo. <laughs> um, so, really, what stood out to us and that we think might be more of a some of the relevant energy that Kanye's tra channeling rather than just straight up um, the broader idea of laying your hands on somebody and helping them is that it's actually in act nine, which is Saul's conversion, which we get uh, a use of hands on. And we know that Kanye has gravitated to the story of Saul becoming Paul and Paul being a messenger, it was the whole basis of the life of Pablo. <laughs> um, but you have in Acts 9, uh, Saul on the road to Damascus, God showing up and blinding him. And he says that uh, after he blinded Paul, uh, the Lord goes to this guy, uh, 
Ananias. Gosh, that's a weird name. Yeah, right. Ananias, Ananias. We'll go with Ananias. And he says, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. Is that how I said it? Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So Ananias says, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. (laughs) Uh, Relevant here, just because of the first portion of the song, kind of demonstrates a similar uh, transformation that Saul undertook, Kanye undertakes. Mm. So uh, in the same way that Saul went from sinner to uh, reborn, Kanye himself details going from sinner to reborn. Yeah, it's. Um, I think yesterday when we were prepping for the song, we both kind of had like different ideas <laughs> of like what the intent of the song, well, maybe not the intent of the song, but like, what specific direction it was going because when I read that passage and I and I think about the term hands-on and how Kanye is asking people to put their hands on him and help him um, that kind of makes me think like well on the life of Pablo Connie was positioned as the Saul figure but eventually he became a saint he became Paul which kind of flips it on its head like he's no longer the person persecuting Christians Christians are now persecuting Kanye for the way he acts as a Christian. So it's kind of a reversal. And in that sense, it makes me think, is Kanye talking about like putting his hands on people or, or is there just like a double meaning to the idea of hands on and trying to look at it as a more of a communal term and say like, Hey, let's stop fighting each other. Let's stop putting our hands on each other in this negative way. Like let's, let's help each other heal. You can really, take it in those multiple meanings right Mm. and it wouldn't be the first time he's (laughs) layered aspects of something like i mean on feedback we know that feedback can be both something that uh you receive from somebody in a positive or negative way usually like let me give you some feedback here Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a little usually a little bit more of a negative connotation to it uh constructive but negative still um but also it's a sound that uh, a microphone makes when it gets too close to the amp or I don't, I don't know, but we all know the sound of that feedback, that screech and the awkwardness of it. And you could see that title on the life of Pablo being both the feedback that he's receiving or going to receive from others for his behavior, but also as a moment of feedback that he's at this, uh, ramped up state and how he's sounding, how he's conveying himself isn't how he wants to convey himself. It's more feedback than message at that point. Right. One last thing just in the refrain talks about like complicating it even more and just adding to what you're <laughs> saying. Like 
it says hands up high, hands on, hands on, hands on, hands up. Like, when do you have your hands up? Yeah. It typically is when you're being held up, right? Right. Uh, like, put your hands to the sky. Or, like, when cops show up and are arresting you, like, hands up. Like, there's something very uh, conflict-oriented in that statement that goes with more of the dramatic reading of hands-on being like, yo, I'm going to put these hands on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, versus, like, lay your hands on me. Yeah, and also says in your face in the refrain, which is kind of a similar energy, like somebody in your face, someone to, you telling you to put your hands up. It's it's strange. I uh, You, you kind of don't know how to read it immediately. No, right? But the siren behind you, I think, adds <laughs> to the drama. What Chicago, there's a lot of sirens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Makes me think of all of the lights, you know? <laughs> Cut out all the lights, see the light. Gap pulled over, see the brights. What you doing on the street at night? Wonder if they gonna read your rights. 13th Amendment, three strikes. Made a left when I should have made a right. Told God last time. Uh, so we get into the first verse, and oh, look at that. Kanye says, cut out all the lights, he the lights. We know that Kanye has had a relationship with lights over the course of his discography from the idea of flashing lights and it representing the paparazzi, but also kind of you being at this famous level that you have the paparazzi following you to uh, all of the lights, street lights on 808s and Heartbreak. And the streetlights representing kind of each moment of joy that he would get from fame. Isn't that what we said about the streetlights? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that they come and go and just kind of pass you by. And you have these like periods of darkness in between. All the way to all of the lights where <laughs> the lights make up the environment that he's in. And they're not really that good. They're arranged from like indulgent to serious. Yeah, and then we even have at the start of this album, Jesus is King, on Follow God, uh, there's multiple times where Kanye mentions lights. I was screaming at the referee just like Mike, looking for a bright light, seagull with your life like, riding on a white bike, feeling like a sight bike, pressing on a gas, supernova for a night light, screaming at my dad and he told me it Christ like. First up, he says, looking for a bright light. I mean, at that point, and especially as we talked about, like, follow God is looking at the struggle of him supposedly being, not supposedly, but wanting to be Christian, but acting in a way that's not Christ-like. So as he opens up the song, he's detailing all these ways in which his life isn't really satisfying. And he's screaming at his dad, and he's screaming at the ref. And that first section ends with him saying that he's looking for a bright light. And that he's using a supernova for a nightlight. Mm -hmm. Almost like he's creating this explosive thing for himself to push away the darkness. But is that really sustainable? And even in the middle part of the song, you have people saying, uh, turn it down, a bright light. Like Kanye is shining too bright. His light is too bright and he needs to turn it down. So there's a lot of self-interest mixed in with that. 
that at this point on hands-on when you get cut out all the lights it can relate to so much context not just on this album but in terms of kanye's discography on a whole and we know that those lights refer to so much about fame and ego for kanye yeah it's an interesting tension created there at the beginning of the album because it it makes you wonder like what is the journey of the album because kanye you know, he's very much Christian again. He made an album called Jesus is King. He doesn't, he, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's lost as a Christian. And, and he doesn't seem like somebody who isn't preaching the word of God. But there in that, in that song, you know, he's looking for a bright light. And it doesn't seem that he's found it. But here in Hands On, you know, he says he is the light, you know, talking about God. You don't need all of these lights that represent fame and all of these material things like you have God. He's the light, which I think just signals that that is kind of the journey of the album. Like you said last episode, it's the physical body and the spiritual body. He's so focused on the things around him, you know, all of the lights that he's it's he's been clouded. His vision's been clouded and he doesn't see God's light for what it truly is. And in this song, he has seen it. So, um right there in the first line like that is a seemingly a good thing right like i've had this realization (laughs) (laughs) um but then we go into a scene uh and we get kind of a the lines that follow are all part of this scene where it's got pulled over see the brights which is i think something most of us can relate to getting pulled over at night and you see the cop lights in the rearview mirror hate it have you ever been pulled over at night yeah um obviously nothing for anything major it's always like dumb shit like uh i think a cop pulled me over once because he was just looking to pull anyone over at night and he made up some reason to pull me over and it actually became a real pain in the ass because i didn't have an updated insurance card on me so like i went through this whole fucking thing but i guess that's not really that big of a deal (laughs) (laughs) frustrating but not as not as serious as a very white story about getting pulled over. Yeah, the one time I got pulled over in high school and I had my uh, high school girlfriend in the passenger seat and I was driving like uh, a little firebird and <laughs> I was going 35 in a 25 because I just oh, passed the, the stop, like the the change in speed limit. Like I go past the sign still at 35, like foot not on the gas and the cop pulls over or like, pulls out a parking lot, pulls me over. And as he walks up to the car, he looks at me, looks at uh high school girlfriend in the passenger seat and looks in the back seat and her little brother's back there. And he's like this little 10 year old kid and he's holding a Maxim that I had had in the back seat. And the kid looks up over the Maxim and kind of smiles at the cop and says, Hey, and the cop looks at both of us and shakes his head and frowns. I did not get out of that ticket. I think he should have let you go. I would have felt bad for you. Right. Like, look, I'm, be- I'm dealing with uh, this kid. Yeah, and like, like more of like a pathetic way, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> no, nope. Uh, but w- there's just that kind of like dread in the moment of getting pulled over and you see the brights. But in this case, like, we'll see that it's, it's well, this is where we have maybe different opinions on it. I view this as like his encounter with God. And his Paul moments or Saul moment where he was going about his life as it was and finally gets corrected. So when you see the got pulled over, see the brights, 
it's a nice contrast to looking for a bright light and follow God. And it's like God finally took him aside and showed him the bright that he's been looking for. And while that can feel very dreadful at the moment, it's ultimately this good thing. I, I love that reading. And, and the only the only different energy I was reading to that line when I first read it was because I thought back to follow God. And that line, tell me what your life like, turned it down to bright light, driving with my dad, and he told me it ain't Christ-like. And I've always, I mean, back when we first did the episode, I thought of that line and thought about getting pulled over. Like that's that, that's immediately the image that strikes me when I read that line. And it's coupled with this idea that you're being pulled over at the same time your dad is telling you you aren't being Christ-like. So you're being pulled over for not being Christ-like. So when I read this line in hands-on, I don't think of it so much as like God pulling him over. I, I think of that first line of he is the light as something separate. And then we go into a scene and uh, it's Christians pulling Kanye over as, you know, the rest of the song kind of goes into that. Like it's Kanye's place in the Christian world. Um, but ever since you brought that up, I, I kind of like the idea that it's a mesh of those two things that it is. The song is largely obviously dealing with Kanye's relationship with the Christian world, but it it's so much more than that. And that's what I love about Kanye is like, there's always layers to everything he does. And I think it's, it, it's also getting at the idea that, you know, Kanye kind of has to, he's been baptized and everything and he, he started his life anew and he is kind of a born again Christian in quotes, but um, he still has to pay for his past. Like he isn't, he hasn't passed his demons yet. Like he's always got to answer to whatever wrongs he's doing from God. So again, I, I think it gets at that sense of community, like all, all Christians could do better. And Kanye's looking to uh, better himself and better the Christian community while at the same time, the Christian community is coming at him. It's, it's a weird mesh of all of that. Yeah, layers, layers. Yeah. yeah, talking about that driving with my dad and he told me ain't Christ-like, that's such good payoff as well because, again, you may wonder why he's just going to the scene of getting pulled over, but he sets it up with the earlier line of driving with my dad. Mm -hmm. And to have that little resonance, it's just the little things that add a bit of continuity to the song that give it or to the album that give it more depth and just more subtext than what you'd initially uh, expect or when you just look at the songs as independent of each other. Yeah. And it also like, it also makes you think about setting like, cause again, if the first half is physical body and the second half is your spiritual body, th the, that song, follow God, that moment with his dad, like it's a very personal, intimate, like physical moment. It's he's describing an actual scene of his dad to resisting, kind of seems very metaphorical like got pulled over see the brights like who's pulling you over like god's pulling you over like that didn't actually happen like christians didn't actually pull you over it's it's you responding to like this energy you're getting from god from people and you do get that next line what you doing on the street at night which when you're looking at mm. it in that more symbolic way you what's kanye doing out in this nightlife like what's he doing like the behavior that we knew that he had had from graduation, 808s, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, onto the first half of Life of Pablo. Like it's kind of recapping that period of time. And I wonder if they're going to read, <laughs> wonder if they're going to read your rights 
which just kind of plays more into the idea of like being pulled over and the stress that you're feeling in that moment. So it's like you can feel the conversation happening or the scene continuing of a typical pullover. And then 13th Amendment, Three Strikes. Um, we know that Kanye has been a pretty big proponent of the idea that the 13th Amendment has created a prison slave industry. And this is what happens for a lot of people. They're brought in on ridiculous charges and sent to jail over it just because of the three strike rule. It doesn't matter what you do for that third strike. Mm. Uh, you're sent to jail for this minimum sentence that in, enslaves you. Yeah. And the next line kind of gets at that we've kind of moved beyond metaphor in a sense, and we're getting at something very political and specific when he says made a left when I should have made a right, which I, I think on the surface on first reading makes you think of left and right politically, you know, liberal, conservative. Um, Kanye was clearly a, a, a liberal or, or embraced liberal policies for much of his career and recently has embraced Trump. <laughs> and people like look at him as like now being right. Um, so I think it has that reading, but at the same time, again, the power of Kanye, like there's duality to the line and that the line references uh, Ecclesiastes. Did I say that right this time? Ecclesiastes, yeah. Okay. Uh, chapter 10, line two, the heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool inclines to the left. So getting at this idea that it, it, it goes beyond be picking a side politically and more just like where your height heart lies in the matter which i think is cool yeah and just the idea we know that kanye's talked and he'll even say it in the song that he had been working for the devil and now he's working for god and how great that is so this idea that for so long he had been a fool uh mm -hmm. in who he was working for and he should have been making a right and you can actually trace that back i mean you look at his discography college dropout isn't very indulgent i mean it is at times but not when it comes to like a lot of celebrity excess in the way that we see on later albums because kanye wasn't at that point in his life um and you had jesus walks you had never let me down late registration it starts to enter a bit more into the picture you don't have as much godliness and by the time we get to graduation, it's game over. <laughs> I mean, that whole album's about Kanye becoming corrupted when he's become famous and graduated into that level of celebrity. Um, so he literally made this turn towards foolishness and realized that he should have made a right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think, again, it speaks to, it works in both cases, if either God's pulling him over or just like, the general public's pulling him over for his behavior because if god's pulling him over he's in a way saying like three strikes like yeah I've, i have three strikes against me like i haven't lived a very christian life by living this celebrity life like i'm out at night i'm i'm not doing the, the right thing but at the same time if he's calling to like the hypocriticism of um is it can, can i say that hypocriticism sure okay <laughs> of like the public like looking at him and saying that he's not Christ-like or, or whatever judgments they're making about him, it speaks to the left and right, speaks to just politically, like how he's thought he was one with like one side of the aisle and now he's found solace by 
uh, embracing Trump and being on the right side of the aisle. Yeah, which I have so many thoughts on that I won't say. <laughs> That's for another podcast. Should have made a right. Told God last time on life. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. Told the devil when I see him on sight. I've been working for you my whole life. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. I've been working for you my whole life. Nothing worse than a hypocrite. And the response in this moment, like as Kanye is aware of the three strikes, he says, told God last time on life. And this is one of those ways you could read it both ways again. Like, it's God that he's speaking to in the moment who asked you, what are you doing on the street at night? Or this is just him, his response to the public or to the Christian community that he has already told God that this was the last time. Um, and on life, and we've seen this like on motif throughout, especially on God, uh, it was used a lot. And here is just like, you know, I told God like this is the last time I'm doing this. And that's, that's on my life. Like, I swear that this is the last time. Mm. And he follows that line up with told the devil that I'm going on a strike. So you do kind of see the progression from that moment, which is what makes me think that it's kind of God that pulls him over. And in this moment, he tells God, this was the last time you're going to find me out on the street at nights. And in the wake of that encounter, he tells the devil, you know what? I'm going on strike and devil. When I see you, it's on (laughs) site that we're going to fight. I love those lines because it's, you could tell he's really moved beyond like kitsy ghost where, demons constantly haunted him and he felt like he was battling demons and he it it, that whole album is very much him working through battling his demons like it it's very much about the progress of himself and getting better and and here he's told the devil he's on strike and he's going to tell him on site like you could tell there's like a confidence to it and a finality to it that's like the devil is in my past now yeah like such a great energy that's why i find this album so cathartic on the whole, just to go from that place of indecision to a place of confidence Hmm. is really satisfying, whether I'm religious or not, just in the character journey. Yeah. Hmm. I told the devil when I see him on site, I've been working for you my whole life. Yeah. So that's uh, Kanye admitting that he had been playing for the wrong team. Including just a few months ago when he made "I Love It." See how could how could Kanye be uh, conservative when he's going on a strike? That's clearly somebody in favor of the progressive labor movement and he's unionization. Part of a yeah, uh, I've been working for my whole life, and then we transfer out of that. The music even changes at this point, and Kanye's tone changes. So I think we're in agreement that that opening vignette ends at that point, right? Sure. Yeah. Nothing worse than a hypocrite. Change, he ain't really different. He ain't even try to get permission. Ask for advice and they dissed him. Said I'm finna do a gospel. And then we get nothing worse than a hypocrite. So I guess... You know, you talked about how cut out all the lights, he the light. If that's 
this opening line that then brings us into the vignette, but isn't part of the vignette. You could see the same thing about um, nothing worse than a hypocrite. Like it's another line that just is kind of like the chapter title. Yeah. And then what follows is the vignette that that's part of the moment. Hmm. Yeah. Especially because much like the he, the light line, like there's not just one way to read it. Like immediately you think there's one way to read it, but as it goes on and that you're trying to figure out like the tense and the point of view, um, I don't know. It, it's it's a there's a strange it's strange reading these lines. This is what we do in the show. Like we, we can usually make sense of any Kanye's verse, but it's uh, and I don't want to call it messy, but I I find it really hard to track exactly what he means here. And again, I I think there that's because there's layers to it. But uh, I don't know. I hope I hope we don't sound stupid trying to describe these lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bear bear with us, because. And nothing worse than a hypocrite. You can either read it as part of this scene that's going to follow where he is detailing what he's been hearing from the Christians, or it's him commenting that Christians are being hypocrites, Mm -hmm. and what follows are some of those hypocritical things. Yeah. Um, So change, he ain't really different. He's referring to himself in the third person now. Yeah. as in he didn't really change. And this was something that so many people were saying at the start or throughout 2019, uh, but especially following Coachella, that Kanye was just using religion as a means to uh, make himself likable again because he knew that people in the black community would always forgive if religion was involved. And so he was just being manipulative. He wasn't serious. This wasn't actually like who he had become. Yeah. I mean, of all, I'm open to having like uh, an open dialogue about Kanye. And I definitely think he's done things that are, they can be, uh, he should be held accountable for. But this is one where I really hate when people say things like that. Like he is, he's been a Christian his entire discography. He just maybe hasn't even in his eyes like he'll admit like the best kind of christian um this isn't any sort of like it's like he's taking advantage (laughs) of christians here or like trying to like get in people's good graces again to me it's just like a different phase of his christian mentality right he he's still the guy that made jesus walks and never let me down like it's not like he never had anything to do with religion and now is suddenly pivoting hard to win people back like that's absurd. He's somebody that suffered one of the hardest years of his life and found comfort in religion, which yeah. I'm almost positive is what happens to like 99% of people <laughs> that are really religious. Um, but the next line, he ain't even tried to get permission, which yeah, Kanye didn't try to get permission from religious leaders. I saw that as a criticism too. Like he hasn't gone through the proper channels to do what he's doing. I think it's, it's the idea of like getting permission. Like Kanye is just so open about his past demons and how he wasn't living his life properly, I guess in the, in the Christian view and how he succumbed to the limelight. Like he, he's very open about that and his demons and how he used to work for the devil. The fact that he is so open about that and ready to change that, like it isn't really a permission 
thing, is it? Like if you know you've lived your life sinfully and want to stop living it sinfully, like you get baptized and you become anew. Like it doesn't, and I think it gets at something larger that's going on in the song is that does Kanye even need to be part of the Christian community? And here I think he's kind of sarcastically commenting on that. Like he ain't even trying to get permission. Like you don't need permission to be a follower of God. Yeah, and it was something with Sunday service too. Like people were saying, like, well, if it's a church, like, where's the pastor? Where's like the preaching? Like, it's no church. It's just a money grab. Like, I think that's where some of that permission idea comes in from as well. And it's just like it doesn't have to be only this thing. <laughs> it's silly. It's so yeah. stupid. And then you get the most confusing line on the album. Uh, <laughs> at least for us trying to wrap our head around it, ask for advice and they dissed him because it sounds like he's saying like, I asked for advice mm-hmm. and they dissed him or like ask for advice and they dissed him. It's just weird. He's trying to get the syllable count right, but it throws off my logical brain and trying to read it. Yeah. The only way I made it made sense was um, he says nothing worse than a hypocrite. And he goes on to imitate Christians who say change. He ain't really different. He even tried to get permission and they're calling him a hypocrite, but Kanye could be calling those Christians who are saying that to him hypocrites. So we get those two lines that are imitating Christians. And then he comes back to himself and says, ask for advice. And they dissed him saying like, well, I tried to ask for advice and they dissed me, which is hypocritical because you're a Christian and you should be trying to help me. Um, The only thing that, throws that off is that he says he <laughs> when he's like imitating the Christians talking about himself in the third person and then says him in the third person so he's still talking about himself in the third person it's weird yeah it's just the tenses start to get because we get that there's at least for two lines and possibly that third one like he's still imitating these people but just the flow of it of mm-hmm. that last line uh, trips trips you up but the thing is that they're still being he's asking for advice and he's getting dissed which sucks and shows out some of that hypocrisy that we start with said i'm finna do a gospel album what are you been hearing from the christians they'd be the first one to judge me make it feel like nobody loved me they'd be the first one to judge me Feeling like nobody loved me. Told people God was my mission. And then Kanye comes back in talking to the first person, said I'm finna do a gospel album. What have you been hearing from the Christians? And we already know what he's been hearing from the Christians because he just <laughs> told us. So it's kind of like you get uh, the example first and then jump back to the broader context and then he says they'll be the first ones to judge me make it feel like nobody loved me they'll be the first ones to judge me feeling like nobody loved me which just really reinforces uh the idea of the hypocrisy yeah and to go from make it feel like nobody loved me to feeling like nobody loved me like it's it's it went from like ooh, it can feel like nobody loves me to like he feels it and I can only imagine what that must be like like for Kanye, who's who's trying to find his way back, who's trying to escape his demons and live a new kind of life, become a Christian. 
again, to, to have the very people of that community being the first ones to judge you, like that's heavy, man. Like it's not just the general public that's judge you and, you know, kind of skeptical of you. It's the people you're looking to embrace and be part of that are judging you and making it feel like nobody loves you. That's so intense. Yeah. They're supposed to be your, your comfort, like your, your shelter and nah, this actually came up recently in the GQ interview that came out yesterday, uh, which is a great interview. It's really long, um, but it's reminiscent if you read the Wall Street Journal article by Christina Binkley, who Travis then did a wonderful interview with, mm-hmm. uh, story that you can go back and listen to. But uh, Will Welsh asked Kanye, you specifically highlighted that Sunday service is a place without judgment, but what happens when you take it on tour and you're headlining Christian festivals? And Kanye says, I feel that we all have sin. And with, when certain sins are worn more on our sleeves, it's easier for Christians who are not Christ, but are human beings to be able to channel judgment at what they see in front of them. The other thing is, if anyone claims to be Christian, they're accepting accountability to other Christians. But people don't realize that Christians are loud, that we have a right to righteous anger, that Jesus flipped tables. They think that all of a sudden you believe in Christ, so we're not even supposed to speak up. And if we speak up, people will say, oh, you're being judgmental. And it's like, oh, now because I'm Christian, I don't even have an opinion anymore. I'm Christian and I still have an opinion, but my opinion is based on the word. And Will, politely and kind of surprisingly to me, which I think probably speaks (laughs) to the years of relationship that they've had, because Will's the editor-in-chief of GQ. He's interviewed Kanye a lot. He says, let me phrase the question differently. The Kanye West that I have known over the years hates institutions and hates systems of control and will do anything to break out from being controlled. I'm wondering if that yay will persist as you encounter more churches and religious institutions, which I at least conceptualize as systems of control. Which, like, what a question, right? Yeah, shit. Uh, You know, I see opportunity for creativity inside our faith. But let me, because I know you're looking for a real answer to how does the guy who made Yeezus, which is a very punk album, make a Jesus is king. And Will comes back with, well, not how did you make Jesus is king, but how do you headline a Christian festival or interact with various churches? You having your own personal relationship with Jesus is clean and clear. But what happens when these other organizations come into play that are institutions of control? And Kanye says, I think, yes, there are groups as man does that take the word and use it to control other people. But as you said, I'm expressing my personal relationship with Christ. When I was not owning up to the maximum of who I could be as a dad and the maximum of who I could be as a husband, that kind of behavior, that kind of mentality landed me in a place where I needed to be medicated. Now all of that energy and that creativity that I have channeled and put on track comes from me surrendering to God and saying that everything is in God's will. People can say in the same way, hey, why do you go to Paris if they didn't want you in the fashion houses? And that's not going to stop my love for clothing, my love of creativity, my love of going to see the shows. And people could say, what about these things that men have done with the word of Christ that were bad and let's say over-institutionalized? And I'm saying that's not going to stop my love of Christ. I'm going to keep on expressing what God has done for my life. Which, interesting in this context of, as you said, like, does he need to be part of this community? And 
what does that look like? What does that mean? I mean, clearly he's addressing the community itself, but where does he stand in that? Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that that whole response to the, to that guy's question, it, that to me signals like really the weight and energy of the psalm is that it's just, it, I, for a while I thought it was like such a sad song and it is like, Kanye does want to be part of this Christian community and they make him feel like nobody loves him. Like, fuck, like that is so heavy. And how do you deal with that? But that response and, and after we discussed the song and kind of what I realized is like the song is just when it comes down to it, very real. Like it just represents his situation so perfectly. And then that, yes, he is sad that he can't be part of this community, but He's also Kanye West. <laughs> he's the punk guy who made Jesus. He he's not somebody that's ever going to let something like that get him down because he has his relationship with God that he has. You know, he's Kanye West. He's always going to act the way he wants to act because he knows himself and you know, that's why he he embraces Trump. Like that's been his whole message this whole time is you can't tell me what to do. And that includes talk when he says that, he he includes the Christian community. Like the Christians is shitty as they can make him feel are never going to make him not be a Christian, not be a follower of God and not eventually ascend to heaven. And I think that's ultimately the energy I get from this song now is that, yeah, it sucks, but Christians don't deter him from being who he is. Right. And he's going to keep being the best one that he can be in the way that he thinks is best yeah. rather than conforming to what everybody else thinks that he needs to be or how he should be, whether that's in religion, politics, music, fashion, etc. Absolutely. Home design. <laughs> Domes. Domes. Feeling like nobody loved me. Told people God was my mission. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'd be the first one to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loved me. Make you feel alone in the dark and you never see the light, man. You never see in home, man. You never see the domes. I can feel it when I write. Point of living in the right. If they only see the wrongs, never listen to the songs. Just to listen is a fight. But you whoop me for the fight. It's so hard to get along if they only see the slight from the love of religion. What are you being from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me. Make it seem like nobody loved me. I'm not trying to lead you to Jesus. Told people God was my mission. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first ones to judge me, make it feel like nobody loved me, make you feel all alone. I love this too because you get that little bit of repetition and refrain uh, coming between that first time through what have you been hearing from the Christians and judgment and instead of getting that make it feel like nobody loved me feeling like nobody loved me you get make it feel like nobody loved me and then it blows up into this much larger yeah more detailed experience of make you feel alone in the dark and you'll never see the light man you never see in home and you never see the domes i can feel it when i write point of living in the right if they only see the wrongs never listen to the songs just to listen as a fight but you book me for the fight it's so hard to get along if they only see the slight from the love of religion <laughs> like that's everything that's now pouring out of him and there's just a wave of emotion that comes out that's very 
cathartic and illuminating. And as you said, that mix of sadness, but also confidence. Yeah, the, the you're totally right. The flow changes. And Chris, you took pl plenty of breaths when you were doing that. I don't think Kanye takes a breath during that stretch, and which gives it a lot of power. Like I, I think you're right. It, it feels like he's pouring all of these emotions off his chest, like all at once. Like it makes it feel like nobody loves me. It and it like you said, like you think he's going to say it again, but then he goes into this like kind of rant. And again, it, it's just so it's so sad. Like he's just piling on how rejected he feels from this community it's it's very powerful yeah and it's like if he feels that he's in the dark and alone and like he'll never see the light then that means that you're never seeing home and that means that you're never seeing the domes like that can be the you here can be like actually to somebody else but it could also be second person self-reflective like they make you feel alone. Yeah, it's definitely second person self-reflective, right? So he's feeling like the you in this case is me, like Kanye. So he's feeling alone, like he'll never see the light. And because of that, he's not seeing the vision of home. He's not seeing the vision of the domes. And there's that loss that happens when you feel that alone. And he says, I can feel it when I write. And it says point of living in the right. But I think what's missing there is what's the point? Because the next line is if they only see the wrongs. So I can feel it when I write. What's the point of living in the right? What's the point of living this good life, living wisely, if the Christians and everybody else only see what I do wrong or what they perceive to be wrong? And they never actually listen to the songs. Uh, just to get them to listen is a fight and how disappointing that is. I imagine when he says, but you booked me for the fight, that's Kanye saying that God booked him for the fight. Like this is what mm. he's supposed to do. Um, Interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. I actually honestly was always kind of confused by that line, but that kind of makes sense. Just to listen is a fight, but you booked me for the fight. Like, so I'll, I'll fight. Like I'll do this thing. Yeah, um, I, I, it could also just speak largely to the Christian community. Like you're part of this godly fight, spiritual warfare. Like you fight for good and Christians want me to, but they also just want to fight about everything that I'm doing as a Christian. Which how annoying. <laughs> that would be annoying. Um, it's so hard to get along if they only see the slight from the love of religion. Uh, like, yeah, if his love of religion only causes them to see a slight how can you possibly get along at that point? And so he kind of details this whole, almost like all of the lights mini journey of what this life or what this world looks like. Um, in this case of if he were to be made to feel alone and in the dark. So that's like the next section. And we come back then to what have you been hearing from the Christians, which that line continues to uh, add act as kind of a, a marker for mm -hmm. the various little vignettes, these three vignettes that have happened since the first one. Yeah. Um, I love that because like it, it is all those lines, you know, that rant he goes on is sandwiched between this question. What have you been hearing from the Christians it, to, to have that question and then to go into, to be so vulnerable, to express all these things and to, and to 
you know, it's there's such hope in that, like hope that he can change his relationship with Christians. But it comes right back to they'll be the first one to judge me, make it feel like nobody loved me. It's it's almost like they're not hearing any of that. Yeah, and this is his kind of plea to make it happen, right? Like, ironically, or maybe not ironically at all, but you know, it's a fight to get them to listen to the music. But maybe this is a song that they actually listen to and hear and understand and maybe give him a bit more space and that's what gets into not this part i'm a little ahead of myself but it's (laughs) we get to a spot where it seems like if they are listening he makes the request that he needs like lay your hands on me pray for me i'm not trying to lead you to visas but if i try to lead you to jesus we could call halfway believers only halfway read Ephesians Only if they knew what I knew of I was never new till I knew of True and living God, Yeshua The true and living God Somebody pray for me But in this case we get the repetition of they'll be the first ones to judge me, make it seem like nobody loved me I'm not trying to lead you to visas And how he says it is weird but we're thinking like visa cards, right? Yeah, I I don't think he's talking about like a visa that you used to go to another country or anything. <laughs> uh and that could throw people off, but the next line is if I try to but if I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called halfway believers. And I think that gets at Coachella in a lot of the f- aftermath of the Sunday service at Coachella instead of talking about how Kanye had 50,000 people out listening to worship music, it was talking about how Kanye was selling a hundred dollar, uh, church clothes and trying to profit from church clothes, Mm -hmm. which started this whole, so stupid. Yeah. Right. This whole media subplot of Sunday service only being another means of making money and only being a way to sell merch at a higher price and to profit off of, uh, religion, which, God, the amount of people that were saying like, oh, how like a non-Christian is it to try to get make money off of being a Christian? Make like, <laughs> up pastors that have four private jets. Like what the? F- uh, mm. I'm not even going to touch that one. I, I could go off for three hours about it. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is Kanye just kind of responding to that. Like, I'm not trying to like get you to use your like, credit card to buy things like i'm trying to lead you to jesus uh, but i only get called like a halfway believer like i'm fake um and i say only halfway read ephesians which i have i have witnessed on my facebook timeline a kid i went to college with who became really religious get into an argument about the bible with people and a bunch of people are commenting on his stance. He was against he was against giving uh, grant money or college aid to illegal immigrants or the kids of illegal immigrants in California. <laughs> and he's really religious. So cool a bunch guy. of people were just, <laughs> yeah, right. So he's conservative, but really religious. And a lot of people are just like, how does that make sense? Like, when you're so biblical, there's all these things in the Bible, like this, this, and this. And he's saying that, you know, you have to respect the laws because the laws of man are the laws of God. And 
other people are throwing Bible quotes back at him. And he legitimately said he went to church more days each week than this other guy. <laughs> so the other guy shouldn't be quoting the Bible to him. God, can you pull up this argument? I, I would love to read it. I wish it was from like 2013. Find it. <laughs> All right. Since you asked. <laughs> um, but she's... Uh, so I always think about that, but like the idea of like criticizing him for only halfway reading Ephesians sounds like something that I've heard people say. Yeah. So like that, that line references Ephesians is basically like the first, it's a six chapter book. And the first three chapters are about like, um, how to fulfill God's purpose, you know, like how to live properly as a Christian. And then the last three chapters are about living as a Christian. Um, one of the chapters is even called practical ways to fulfill God's purpose in the church, which is lovely. It tells you right there in the title what you're going to get. Um, but I love, again, that I think there's duality to Kanye's line and that he is, again, imitating people who are saying, like, he only halfway read Ephesians. But at the same time, he's kind of saying to them, like, you're being hypocritical in the way you're attacking me because I'm trying to lead people to Jesus. Like, I am being a good Christian, and the fact that I'm selling merchandise has nothing to do with that. And the fact that you're even attacking me for that in the first place means you're not acting very good as a Christian. So you only halfway read Ephesians, motherfucker. <laughs> right. I only halfway read Ephesians. You're only halfway read Ephesians. Otherwise, Tell me the title of chapter five. Tell me. <sighs> what is it? <laughs> That's right. Now I can know. Now I can say to people like, oh, 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 okay. You, you're so you're so religious. <laughs> what book is Armor of God in? Hmm? they'll probably know that yeah probably so one of the things ephesians 6 uh eh, maybe we can save it we'll save it yeah um so we get only halfway read ephesians and then he says only if they knew what i knew i was never knew till i knew of a true living god yeshua so yeshua is just another name for god but it i guess that's saying what like if they only knew what kanye felt on the inside and how he was never had never felt uh reborn or renewed until like he had encountered god mm -hmm. and that he really does feel renewed by this experience and if they could understand that they would yeah. not criticize him yeah it gets at what he talks about everybody's relationship with god is different and it's him getting past the group think like there's one way you can live as a christian like no, we all connect with God in different ways and we all have weird, strange paths that bring us to God and bring us to this moment where we feel we need to be saved. And you couldn't possibly understand that. Like, you can't see what I'm seeing when I talk to God. And there might be something there if we want to relate it to Kanye's life of the idea of, it seemed like coming out of 2016 and his hospitalization that in 2018, he was really trying to be renewed. A lot of his tweets at that time were very philosophical about water and love and rebirth and breaking out of the simulation. Uh, Ye, as an album, talked about becoming a child again on Ghost Town and the power of that. And Kanye had talked about multiple times, we need to be like children. And I mean, even as far back as power, he was saying my childlike creativity um, and talking about the empowerment that he got from that was being locked away or blocked by the responsibilities he was feeling from society and as an adult. 
heading into Kids See Ghosts and kind of the renewal he was hoping for there, but still did it get. Like that album doesn't necessarily end with catharsis. It ends in a place of just finding a way to hopefully manage how you're feeling through God and deal better with these emotions that you know will come and go and will pass. So it seems like Kanye had been looking for this renewal and then him saying, I was never new till I knew of a true living God, Yeshua. Like it was really at the end of that journey in 2018 that he came back to religion. And that was the thing that really helped him and saved him in a way that nothing else prior to that had. Yeah. I love it. By the way, I don't want to skip over this. This might be my favorite line on the entire album. Uh, because he gets the rhyme with new of by saying new, uh, <laughs> which I love. I love every time that line comes on, I get a little bit of excitement inside my body. And I'm like, Oh, I get to say new. Uh, and sometimes I even say it just like walking around the house sometimes. <laughs> what's a, what's a movie where he goes, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, every opportunity movie ever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of Al Pacino. Like what I knew, uh, like Kanye doing oh, Al Pacino. That's great. That's what Kanye should have done. Maybe it'll be Al Pacino for Halloween. If that's all the love you have, that's all you get To say I've changed, you think I'm joking To praise his name, you ask what I'm smoking Yes, I understand you really do see, yeah But I have a request, just say you don't throw me out Lay your hands on me, please pray for me Hold myself on death, hold it down, half on a death Somebody pray for me so then we come back to fred hammond and the fred hammond show begins at this point so we get the repetition of hands on hands up in your face the reason and that conflict inherent to that makes a lot more sense at this point um given that we know that the song's inherently about the conflict with christians and then verse two starts with fred hammond saying i deserve all the criticism you got if that's all the love you have, that's all you got, which to me is like such a great insult. Ooh, yeah. And it's like a very like church insult. Like, oh yes, criticize me. If that's all the spirit and love and like Christianity you have in your soul, fine. Then that's all that you have. And they're like, oh, oh mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love this. One man show. <laughs> Um, if that's all the love you have, then that that's all that you got. It's very political is not the right word, but it's very patient. Um, and I think that's kind of emblematic of the, the patience that Kanye is expressing kind of, or has at this point for the criticism he's receiving rather than trying to fight back against it. Yeah. Uh, also a little bit of that, like Jesus anger at the same time, because that I deserve all the criticism you got. That was the line Fred Hammond gave Kanye and Kanye said, it's too apologetic. So yes, Kanye deserves the criticism, you know, God pulls him over. He don't like getting back at that. But at the same time, these people like 
they shouldn't go without judgment either. And if that's all the love they're going to give me, if that's all you've got, like he's kind of just calling them out at the same time. Yeah, like that can't be all the love that you have. And if you're a Christian, like it's supposed to be about the love, right? Right. Mm. Uh, to sing of change, you think I'm joking. To praise his name, you mm. ask what I'm Joker smoking. reference. Oh my God, it's right there. <laughs> it's been right there the Does whole the time. Does Joker ever smoke? Uh. But I've never legitimately put that together, like <laughs> thought that you think I'm joking when we talked about it potentially having the sample from the Joker movie and like joking's come up a few times, but not like over Kanye's discography, but it's not like a word he uses all the time. I don't think he's ever joked once in a song. So I, I think this cements our theory. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's a point. It's a point in our favor. Um, to praise his name, you ask what I'm smoking, which just gets back to, you know, what have you been hearing from the Christians? Uh, yes, I understand your reluctancy, but I have a request. And this is, again, just like with the, if that's all the love you have, like a little bit of a barb. Like, mm. you know, if you're reluctant, sure, but don't throw me up, lay your hands on me. Because that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian, right? You're supposed to love, you're supposed to forgive, you're supposed to pray for someone. Um, and he says, please pray for me. And that actually gets back to Ephesians, where you have the armor of God, and it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, which we talked about in Sela, mm -hmm. uh, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For a struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And it goes on a bit by bit and says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Ah, Get the word mm. request coming up right there, right? Mm. Uh, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Oh, this is Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians 6, the last half of Ephesians. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So, yeah, like, I'm trying to be a Christian and you're tearing me down. So here's my request. Just like it says in Ephesians, pray for me so that I can, like, speak fearlessly and do what I'm trying to do. Like, the same thing that you should be trying to do rather than trying to, like, fucking fuck on me. <laughs> That's what he should have said in the song. <laughs> don't don't fucking fuck on me <laughs> don't fucking fuck on me oh wow you really made it work <laughs> um but i i think that kind of cements i mean with the ephesians reference earlier the request and then pray for me and it's saying pray also for me I think you're channeling a lot of that energy here. And it once again points out some of the hypocrisy of these Christians and Kanye kind of high roading them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool because at the beginning of the app, we talked about Ephesians and Sela, Sela, whatever the fuck you want to call it. When he says, you know, God is the king, God is king. We, the soldiers and this kind of soldier imagery and wearing the armor of God and going out and fighting the good fight. Like, 
in the beginning, it gets at the idea of a spiritual warfare in a very combative way, which represents the first half of the album, Connie and his physical body going out and like feeling the need to battle. But here at the end, it really gets at the idea of Ephesians and fighting the good fight as more of just like you fight the fight by preaching the word of God, by going out and like helping people and getting people through like their tough times. And you, you do it by, you know, just being a Christian and being loving. And it's such an opposite energy here that Connie is suddenly placing the combativeness on the people who attack him. And he's exposing their hypocrisy by doing that. And, and that's kind of, that's so beautiful here that He's so open and vulnerable about that, that he feels so attacked. And all I can say is like, I have a request, like lay your hands on me, like help me be a good Christian. And it's on them at that point. Right. Like do your thing. You think I'm a bad Christian will be a better one and help me. (laughs) Turns into like a junior high, like, or a grade school playground argument. You think you're, Mm. yeah, well, hmm. You're a better Christian? Buy my lunch. <laughs> Get me an extra milk. Chocolate. Yo, I miss getting to drink chocolate milk at lunch every day. <laughs> Did you guys have the bag milks at your school? Only for like a year in grade school. Yeah, I think we only had it like for a year or two. Something, something must, weird must have been going on in the Midwest that year. I think it was a big push because it was supposed to be more economical and... All this stuff. I still remember one day at lunch, Mike McVaney, who I was sitting next to, uh, some girl like had got her milk bag and had it there, and she like was trying to put the straw in, and she did, and she still had her hand on it, and Mike just kind of like looks left and right and swings his arm <laughs> full windmill and comes down on the bag and like <laughs> smacks her hand onto the bag, and you just see this geyser of milk shoot into the air. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, all these like fifth graders scream. It. It's great. Kids are terrible, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then you get "Hold Myself on Death," which is Kanye coming back in uh, in the middle of that. So p- please pray for me, and then "Hold Myself on Death." And we were talking yesterday, and that seemed to be like far more serious. But honestly, I do wonder how like negative it is. Like, could Kanye just be saying at this point, like, I will hold myself and that's like on death as opposed to like on life. Like, I have no problem like being myself and holding on to myself and hold it down, all fallen down. So even if like everything's falling down, I'll be able to hold it down. Like, but still somebody pray for me. Eh. But if you're asking people to like pray for you, and you already talk about like feeling isolated and alone earlier in the song. It just kind of seems like it was bringing back that energy of if you force me to be outside the light and feel like nobody cares, then I'm just going to be holding myself and that's going to feel more on death than on life. And when I try to hold it down, everything's going to be falling down. So like, it's going to leave him saying somebody like pray for me, please, because Mm. this can't be my future. This can't be my faith. And you have that power. If you just pray for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like I say this a lot. I feel like it's like kind of everything you said, (laughs) like there's a strange mix of energies there. And 
And in some sense, I do think it's Kanye saying, it just makes me think of, of Kanye's whole quote in the GQ article, you know, how he worships God and the way he worships God. And so in one sense, like I'll hold myself on death. Like I'm going to hold myself no matter what, like I'm not going to give up again. I'm not going to succumb to the demons again. Like I'm going to preach the word of God and ascend into heaven and be with God eventually. Like I'll hold myself even when it's all fallen down, like I'll do it. But at the same time, like he's asking these people to lay their hands on him and to help him. So he doesn't have to hold himself. It's, it's a sad song in that sense that like he wishes like the world could be different and that people would accept him. But at the same time, like he's not going to let that get him down. Like everything might fall down, but he's going to do it. Right. Right. I think both are pretty powerful because one's just like that power of the self, but the other is getting at like, I, I need other people. Like I need you. And like, you have the power to help me. Like even me, a celebrity, like who is supposed to be thought of and looked at as this powerful entity, like I'm still a human. I'm still a person that is affected by you and the things that you do and say. So like, can you please just pray for me? I'll hold you, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I meant and, Kanye, but yeah, if you ever need it, I'll I'll hold you. Oh, oh, yeah, I meant Kanye too. <laughs> You were saying thank you pretending to be Kanye. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I will say if we were going the Joker route, that would have been a perfect like payoff <laughs> because the Joker does like fall down and fall apart. And like that's why you need to pray for Kanye so he doesn't become the Joker. But hmm. uh, and then we get the final refrain like hands up high hands on hands on and this is where we get the the change in context so like first the first hands on is kind of like neutral right we aren't really sure how to take it uh the first fred hammond like hands up hands on after the first verse when it comes back in it feels much more antagonistic and then in that last part after like somebody pray for me and please pray for me you really get the meaning of like hands on coming through and like the power of being able to lay your hands on somebody and heal them. Yeah. Ooh, that is a, this is an epic song from Kanye West. Put it that way. Yeah. Is this our longest episode on Jesus is King? Yeah, I think it might be. I, I don't know. I, I love this song. I think it's my third favorite on the album. There was a, it used to compete for one. Um, but it's still like one and two or no, two and three. (laughs) it might be my number one really yeah i i love it i love the i mean i don't love the energy of it in the sense that like i like kanye being sad but like again i've never heard kanye go to this place sonically and just man the the emotion in his voice and repeating over and over make it feel like nobody loved me like the song is just so much heavier than anything i think kanye's ever done it's i i love it and kind of makes a lot of good points about these hypocritical Christians, which I like. I like that too. Cause I, it was nice seeing him stand up for himself in that way, because all the criticisms in 2019 about it were so absurd and like constant and unending that for him to actually address it, I did not expect. Yeah. Love it. I mean, that's Kanye West though. He's going to do that to the end. Yeah. Well, 
Thanks for listening to Hands On. Next time, we'll talk about Use This Gospel. Yeah. And I'll tell you about the time I tried to play saxophone in band. Mm. And maybe you'll try to recreate Kenny G's saxo solo again. (laughs) Saxo solo. You just, like, in the middle of saying saxophone, decide to shorten it? (laughs) I was like, hey, you know what? I don't, this episode's a little too long. Like, I don't need to say the whole word. No. Saxo solo. Welfo for Chriso and Travo. <laughs> so longo. Yeah, stay wavo. And lupo. And holo. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol.